The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. And I'm your host, Kathleen Walsh. Anybody observing the news today can see that artificial intelligence and machine learning are just getting a lot of attention. Basically, as long as a startup has AI or cognitive technologies in their business plans or their marketing material, they seem to just get a lot of funding. And the amounts of funding that these startups are getting is really eye-opening. So this makes us ask the question, are we in a bubble And are these investments in AI realistic or out of control? So first, you know, we need to understand why is there so much interest in AI and why is there so much funding? So as we talked about in many of our podcasts and many of our research and our newsletters and everything that we've been doing over the past couple of years, you know, artificial intelligence and AI is not new. You know, as you know, each wave of AI interest and decline has been both enabled and precipitated by funding. So in the first wave in the 50s through the 70s, that sort of golden era of artificial intelligence, it was mostly the government that was funding a lot of these AI initiatives because both the the technology industry wasn't developed. Venture capital as an industry wasn't even really invented in the 1950s through 70s. And corporations hadn't yet even adopted computers, let alone artificial intelligence. So really, the government was the main source of funding. And of course, when the government's funding declined, so too did interest and funding in artificial intelligence. In the second wave, we did have venture capital did start to exist. And corporations, of course, were embracing computers in the late 80s and through the mid 90s. And that was enabled both by corporate and venture capital investment, but both VCs and corporations were fickle with their interest in AI, and of course, that declined. And so now here we are with AI's resurgence in the mid-2000s with the growth of big data, cheaper computing power, and deep learning-powered algorithms. So corporations and companies, especially the big platform players, Google, Facebook, IBM, Amazon, Apple, Samsung, all those folks, you know, all these big vendors, they're investing heavily in artificial intelligence, as well as companies in China that are also making those big investments, you know, big companies like Baidu and Alibaba and Tencent and all those folks. And so they have really tossed aside any previous concerns about artificial intelligence technology, and they're embracing it into their vocabulary, into their business processes. So as a result, entrepreneurs, they smell opportunity. You know, they're forming new ventures around artificial intelligence and machine learning, and they're introducing new products and services powered by AI into the market. And as a result, investors are also smelling opportunity. And they're putting more, increasingly more and more money into these startups and into these companies that are in turn powering what some of the enterprises are doing and partnering with the big VCs are doing. So in this latest wave, AI funding seems to be coming from every corner of the market in many countries, you know, especially we're seeing the big resurgence of interest and investment in China. And there in China is funding companies at increasingly you know, eye-watering levels. You know, corporations are pumping billions of dollars of investment into their own AI efforts. So a lot of these companies we mentioned earlier and development of AI-related products. And VC funds are growing to heights not seen since the last big VC bubble of the mid-2000s. So over the past decade, total funding for AI companies as well as the average round has just continued to rise. So for perspective, in 2010, the average early stage round for an AI or machine learning startups was about $4.8 million. However, in 2017, that round for the average AI startup increased to about $11.7 million for the first round of early stage funding, which is more than a 200% increase. 
Yeah, that's pretty insane. So we've also noticed that AI investment is surprisingly global, as Ron mentioned earlier, with startups raising large amounts of funding, basically everywhere that there's a technology ecosystem. So in previous technology waves, Silicon Valley seemed to just be the undisputed champion for startups who wanted to get funding. If you were a startup and you know you got serious, you wanted to really grow, you moved out to California to be in Silicon Valley. But now we find that there's AI-focused companies everywhere and that no one location seems to be claimed right now as the dominant winner. So there's some really crazy stats and figures that we want to share with you guys. As Ron mentioned, you know, funding is just increasing. So by the end of 2017, venture funding and AI companies had reached $12 billion, which is crazy. And it seems that companies from the United States and China are getting the largest funding rounds for both 2017 and 2018. So some of these massive rounds include SenseTime, who raised $620 million in May of 2018. And since time is Chinese, Data Miner, who's a U.S. company, raised almost a little under $400 million in June of 2018. Yi2 is a Chinese company, and they raised $200 million in June of 2018, and then another $100 million in July of 2018. Orbeck is a U.S. company. They raised $200 million in May of 2018. Silence is another U.S. company. They raised $120 million in June. And then SenseTime also raised an additional $600 million in June. Pony AI is a U.S. company. They raised $102 million in July of 2018. And CamperCon is a Chinese company. They raised $100 million in June of 2018 on top of a previous $100 million raise less than 12 months prior. So these are massive, massive rounds of funding. And it's also worth noting that China now has the most valuable AI startup with SenseTime. And it's valued at over $4.5 billion. And it's also rumored that they are to raise an additional $1 billion of funding. This is crazy. This really is just getting crazy. So yeah, wow, these are huge investments. So of course the question is, you know, are these rational investments? I mean, as of August 2018, you know, over $3.4 billion in capital has been raised by these firms just since May of 2018. So that's both remarkable and concerning. So this is clearly not just at a high level, but it's this accelerating pace, right? If you just keep drawing that line, that line kind of keeps going into the stratosphere, right? You know, what are we going to be looking at? $20 billion rounds like a year from now? Obviously, we, we don't think so. We think that'd be ludicrous, well, but... It's also worth pointing out that, you know, to get to a $1 billion, that's unicorn status. And that was supposed to be, you know, this coveted, not right. many companies do this. And now they're raising around over a billion dollars. <laughs> right. We thought unicorns are supposed to be rare and uncommon, but I guess these are more like, you know, giraffes at this point. <laughs> so like, you know, I think the question is, is like, you know, why is there so much money being pumped into this industry? And of course, you know, our concern, speaking as analysts and speaking as people who are looking at this industry, will there be an inevitable pullback? You know, we don't think there's a problem with companies raising a lot of money. And as we're going to talk about, we think there's many practical reasons for doing it. Our concern is that this is just not sustainable. And at some point, the VC investment will slow down. And then everybody's be like, oh, my goodness, there's a big pullback. And so we could talk about what that means. So we think there's really a few reasons for all this investment in AI at these significant levels. You know, we could think of this as a transformative wave, right? So just as the internet and mobile revolutions in the past decades fueled trillions of dollars of investment in productivity growth, AI-related technologies are promising the same transformative benefits. So you could say, okay, well, it was worth investing billions of dollars in the internet because look, now look at all these things that have, the internet's created. Clearly, it's worth trillions of dollars. 
Same thing with the mobile. If it's like you saw like a great company building mobile devices, you'd be like, yes, there's no doubt that the mobile industry will be huge. So people are thinking the same thing with AI. So this could be rational. This could be like a major land grab, you know? So, and then the second thing is if AI is the true transformative technology that it promises to be, then all these investments will actually pay off because these companies and individuals will be changing their buying behavior. The business processes will be changing. Everybody will be changing the way they're interacting. So there's no doubt that AI is already creating so-called unicorn statuses, as Kathleen just mentioned, with over $1 billion in valuation. So this can be justified if the AI markets are worth trillions. Right. So we know that there's a lot of AI investment going on. But what exactly is this money being used for? So if you ask founders of these startups, they're going to tell you that this funding's being used for things like geographic expansion, for hiring, for expansion of their offerings, their products, their services. Now, we've talked about this a lot, and we know that there's difficulty in finding skilled AI talent and that these skilled AI you know, people are getting paid huge salaries. So some of that money needs to go towards paying employees. And then startup companies also need to compete both against each other, as well as major technology vendors, like Ron mentioned earlier with Amazon, Google, Facebook, Microsoft, IBM. And they have really deep pockets. So talent and salaries is where we think a lot of these rounds are going. But billion-dollar rounds for talent... We think that there's a land grab for AI market share going on there. Yeah, we don't think all this money is just being spent on people. First of all, there's not enough people to go around. So, you know, having a lot more money doesn't help if there aren't a lot of people. Of course, the second thing is that all this money can be used for this. So the general rule in technology industry is that the big winners, like the people who end up at the end of the game of musical chairs who win, are the ones who basically command the market share first and defend their turf. You know, Amazon's a great example of that. But we could see that happening right now. Uber and Lyft are fighting for market share. We'll see who wins that game. You know, there's Airbnb, you know, clearly was the the big emerging winner. And it's very hard to say who the number two is in the Airbnb race. There's a few others, but clearly they fought for their market share and they're defending it. So the reason why these firms are almost unbeatable is because they aggressively expand and defend their turf. And if you have a lot of money, it's easy to outspend the competition or just to buy them. So a lot of these unicorn startups also need a lot of capital to go up against some of the big established players. Like, so we mentioned, we have Apple, Amazon, Facebook, Microsoft, Google, IBM, et cetera. And so if you're a startup company and you're trying to go up against these companies, you know, venture funds believe that these startups will be the new entrenched players of the future. And as such, they need capital that will back them to the point where their dominance will basically can't be denied. And then we think that there's a few other reasons why some of these big rounds are going on. So some technology companies, such as self-driving vehicles, are still really in the R&D phase. And R&D costs a lot of money because you need to create, build, and test things. So some of this capital could be used for that, you know, just in general. Then some of this capital also can be used to hire humans to do some of this work right now. We've written about and talked about how, you know, there's pseudo AI, where these AI companies are claiming that they actually have full AI capabilities in some of their, you know, products and offerings, and they don't. And right now they're using humans to work around some of that. So we had talked about how it was AI talent being used for some of this, but maybe it's actually used just for talent in general and, you know, hiring humans to do some of this work. 
And then lastly, another reason is that enterprises are buying these AI solutions, but they don't really have much patience for, you know, a half-baked product. So they won't put up very long with this fake AI or lack of market traction. So some of these companies are using it to, you know, scale up quickly, develop, expand and get into new cities and new countries. So there's a variety of reasons why some of these companies may need just these massive rounds. So these are actually all rational reasons. You know, we haven't talked about a single non-rational reason, whether it's, you know, to compete for talent, to buy themselves market share, to develop R&D, you know, hire their legions of people. These are all pretty rational reasons, right? Although probably some, they're, they're only going to be rational reasons that they tell VCs because I think that they won't fund irrational reasons. So they're not going to be, I don't know that they'd be sharing that publicly. That's true. Although it's really funny, like when you're raising money, it's just like everything in life. It's like when you do things the way everybody expected, like the lower levels, you have to follow the rules. It's like, okay, if you're raising $50 million, you have to like show, you know, a solid business plan and explain exactly how you can use that money and like really talk about your traction. But for some reason, when you're raising a billion dollars, like you sort of past that point of proving those things. Now you're in this weird territory. So, okay, like I know you have a business model. I know you have all this stuff. I know you're probably losing money like crazy, right? But can we win, right? It's like yeah. this, it's, now you get into this, like you're playing a completely different game at that point. And it kind of feels like a game. But, you know, when you think about the people who have the money to invest a billion dollars, like they're clearly operating themselves at a different level. So the, it's a different kind of venture capital firm to begin with. We'll talk a little bit about that in a future podcast. We'll talk about these mega funds, like the SoftBank $100 billion fund. And what exactly is going on and talk a little bit about some of the geographic considerations. So stay tuned for that one. So let's transition a little bit. You know, obviously these are fairly rational reasons. And I think, you know, one of the biggest dangers of all this AI investment is that at the end of the day, this is all predicated on the idea that AI will have this transformative effect. And, you know, the internet was proven pretty quickly to be transformative and mobile devices. So maybe you could have said that in 1997 or the early 2000s, that maybe it wasn't clear that everybody was going to have a mobile a smartphone in their hand and therefore building an app store made any sense. But it became very clear. Apple really kind of proved that was true. But here we are, AI that has a 70-year, almost 70-year history, which hasn't had a chance to prove itself over these 70 years. So the big concern is that if AI solutions do not live up to the hype, then this bubble will rapidly deflate. It'll take all this energy and the time and the money that we put into it. And this could really deliver a major setback to AI adoption and growth in the long term, you know, resulting obviously in a new winter. So there's really only two outcomes that we see for all these super funded companies. You know, one option one, either AI proves itself to be the great transformative technology that startups establish technology players and enterprises and governments and consulting firms and everybody really are promising it to be or hoping it to be. And of course, option two is that it doesn't, yeah. right? Right. That's the only two options. <laughs> and if it is in fact really the next big wave of transformative tech, then all these investments are going to seem sound. You're going to look back 10 years from now and be like, yeah, I mean, who would not have put a billion dollars into Apple just before the iPhone release, right? Now, I'm not talking Apple back in the 1970s. You know, who would not have put, you know, all this money into, you know, Cisco before the internet wave, right? So it's easy to look at it going backwards, right? However, if the promise of AI really fails to materialize, and then no, real, no amount of external funding and, and puffing can really keep this bubble inflated. 
So VC firms are, after all, they have fund investors. They're beholden to their fund limited partners. And those fund limited partners, they're not charities. They're demanding a return on their investment. And these returns are only really realized, you know, how do they get their money back? They're realized when those companies are acquired or when they go public, basically sold the shares to the market, right? So acquisitions and IPOs are in turn fueled by the market, by the market demand. And if the market demand is there, then these exits will happen and everybody wins. But if these companies take longer to exit than the investors like, or the exits just don't happen at all, then the house of cards really will quickly collapse. So what do we really think of all this? Well, Ron and I at Cognolytica, we believe that cognitive technology and AI really has some tremendous promise. And we believe that the rational investment on the part of enterprises will result in realistic return on investment as long as expectations are kept in check. So maybe enterprises and analysts as well should really ignore how much companies have raised. Well, okay, now why would I say that? Because we just talked about, you know, all these massive rounds. Because we think that the amount of money that a company has raised doesn't really translate to the amount of benefit that its solutions will provide a company. So say, for example, a company's raised $2 billion. That doesn't mean that their product is superior to or will provide a greater ROI than a company that's only raised $500 million. So all this money is really for all this like side stuff, which is dominating the markets and taking out the competition and that sort of stuff. And in some cases, maybe reducing choice. So you have to keep an eye on that from that perspective. But we also want to point out that startups that haven't really raised any significant round of money, you know, bootstrapping of one for one thing, or just raising, you know, what are now insignificant amount of money. Like, you know, you might say, oh, I raised $20 million. You'd be like, well, that's nice. And that's certainly something that would be significant. But if you raised $1 million or five or something like that, you're going up against competitors that have raised multiple. And I think that's the biggest challenge here is that if you're an enterprise, because we speak to enterprises, we speak to folks who are putting this stuff into place. We tell folks, it's like, well, ignore the money unless it's going to make the company you're working with not viable. And so I think for us and other firms, we kind of like have this threshold in mind. You know, a Cognolink is an analyst firm. We basically say, well, you know, we're really considering firms that are at least $10 million in funding or more, primarily just because it's more of a viability threshold. But for enterprises, I think, you know, the reality is, is like find the ROI and the benefits that really make things work and then evaluate the established incumbents all those big vendors we talked about side to side with emerging technology firms and basically really only use the venture capital as a benchmark to make sure that if the company is providing the benefit that you're expecting it just can live to see the next day and you won't have a problem with funding Yep. So listeners, we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. And as always, we'll post any articles and concepts in the show notes. So thanks for listening and we'll catch you at the next podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Fiverr.com. Fiverr is a marketplace for creative and digital freelance services. And in fact, I use Fiverr for quite a lot of the things that we do here at Cognolytica and AI Today, including the editing of this podcast, the generation of transcripts, and more. I definitely encourage you to take a look at using Fiverr for your creative and digital needs today. And I have a special offer for you today. Use the promo code AI Today for 15% off your first purchase on Fiverr.com. Offer valid until December 31st, 2018. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at Cognolytica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolytica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes.
Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright 2018 by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.